begin after eight taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the ND. It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. That was TJ Drennan. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Hey, it's Mr. Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So apparently, the guy whose video I linked to on YouTube about the black hole apparently goes on different political rants and this and that. I didn't realize that when I linked his video. But just so you know, I'm not endorsing anything else he does or says or anything of that nature. I don't know the guy, and I was, I just found his video when I was Googling, you know, black hole ending videos. Um, I do think he has interesting things to say on the end of the black hole, so I, you know, I don't have problems saying to watch his video on the black hole, but I don't know that I'd say watch any of his other videos, and I definitely am not endorsing anything else he says. So, just thought maybe I ought to throw that disclaimer out there before you think... Wow, what kind of stuff is this guy into? Is Jason into? So, anyhow, figured I'd better make that disclaimer. As Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there, and uh, just wanted to put that out there, Jason, because obviously, um, for anyone else, uh, going to check out that video on YouTube, I mean, personally, I'll listen to what's interesting, I'll ignore what's problematic. You know, I share pretty much a house with two people opposite end of the political spectrum to myself. And, you know, it can get a bit till death to us part at times. And that would be uh, all in the family to American listeners. Essentially, Archie Bunker is the American adaptation of Alf Garnet. But uh, in the main, it's fine, you know. I just don't talk politics with them. Uh, So, yeah, just to give you a little flavour of what I'm dealing with. (laughs) It's all good fun. I mean, I try not to live in... Probably going off at a bit of a tangent here, but, uh, you know, I try not to exist in an echo chamber. I think there's a lot to be gained in trying to understand where people with seemingly unpalatable views are coming from. But, uh, well, that's a topic for another time. Anyway, thanks for the call, Jason. And, um, yeah, I'll bear that in mind. Hey, Spencer, regarding my previously cryptic messages about skirmish games, following a trip to Dragon Meat, I've managed to sort out a little bit of a communications uh, misunderstanding with Osprey Games. And uh, I can reveal that I picked up Ash Barker's Last Day's Zombie Apocalypse, which is a skirmish game, as well as Tim Cork Lewesky, 
Uh, he's put out a game called Ragnarok. It's a heavy metal combat in the Viking Age. Both skirmish games that I'm looking at playing. I'm actually thinking to repurpose some components from some board games instead of using miniatures. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd clear that matter up. Take care, I'll catch you later. Colin Spike Pit Green there with further clarification. Another mystery solved. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Colin. But Osprey Games, yes, are they they're responsible for publishing the uh, Romance of the Perilous Lands by uh, Scott Malthouse, which John Allen Large of Red Dice Diaries recently picked up, and that's been that's something I've been contemplating getting hold of. There's also another thing they've published. Paleomythic by Graham Rose, which also looks very interesting, a kind of uh, fantastical Stone Age setting. Another one I've been thinking about picking up. Um, But yes, glad to hear that it was just a misunderstanding, Colin, as these things usually turn out to be if we take the time to look into them. But, uh, oh, that's great. I'm glad you got to speak to the people in question in the end cheers for your call now I wanted to talk about something I was listening to Tom Barbalet his podcast My Rules Are Better and I believe the episode was called Poor Excuse for an End of Year Ramble. Now, this isn't an anchor podcast. This is a podcast I discovered through listening to Barney's Loco Ludus podcast, on which um, Barney has appeared on several occasions. Tom Barbalet's podcast, and I apologise, Tom, if you're listening, if at any point... I refer to you as Tom Bombadil because that's what my brain wants to do every time I say your name. Um, the My Rules Are Better podcast, which I've mentioned before, is essentially miniatures, wargaming, skirmish games and RPGs. Uh, Tom was listening to, I think after listening to Loco Ludus, hearing a few people call in there, possibly including myself, he's then gone off to listen to some other Anchorite podcasts. And he's recounting the experience. It it sounded almost as if his experience of uh, listening into Anchor podcasts was a bit like stumbling across a conference call and listening in desperately trying to figure out what the meeting was about because uh, he referred to listening to messages referring to things that he obviously hadn't heard. And I think this is a, actually an upshot of a recent phenomenon of folks going back and listening to other Anchorites' podcast back catalogues and phoning in about old episodes referring to things that were touched on there. So that may be what Tom has heard and been seemingly uh, a little baffled by. 
And I, I wonder, it was just interesting here in that perspective. I mean, being an anchorite myself, I often considered my episodes to be quite accessible. People could jump in at almost any point and kind of figure out what I'm going on about. I hope I sort of put the call-ins in context to a certain extent. Uh, There are certainly episodes that I would not recommend people listen to as their first listen. My end of season one best of, for example, there wasn't much thought to context that went into putting that together. Uh, but But it got me thinking about how these episodes might sound to non-anchorites just stumbling across them, thinking about possibly how to make them seem a little more coherent to a casual listener who might be dropping in just to find out what the podcast is all about. And I realised that me talking about this could be potentially confusing as I'm referring to another podcaster who isn't an anchorite talking about his experience of listening to an anchorite podcast and that in itself is essentially already creating wheels within wheels and what with anchor podcasts being available on other platforms yeah I can certainly see how it might sound strange um you know I've got feedback episodes and you know, reflective episodes um, where I've aired phone-ins about old episodes. And it does kind of create this can of worms effect. Like, who am I listening to now? What are they referring to? Do they have their own podcast? And because, essentially, these messages are a minute long, you know, before you've kind of figured out what's going on, you're probably on to yet another calling. Yeah, I can see how that would, um, might be a little bit daunting. I certainly didn't have that experience myself when I first discovered the Anchorites. Probably because I did it through discovering Anchor. And um, for those of you who don't listen to podcasts on Anchor, as many of us don't, as convenient as it is for creating podcasts, it's not an ideal platform for listening to them. But if you do listen on Anchor, every call-in that is placed into an episode is also a link to that person's Anchorite channel. And you can be on Anchor without having your own podcast. I've got several people on my favourites list who've never produced an episode. They just call into other people's shows. But if they ever make that leap to producing their own podcast, it will pop up in my feed. Essentially, because that's how I got into podcasting myself. Calling in to a few shows and then kind of thinking, you know what? I want to talk for more than a minute about something. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that shed any light on anything or if that's just, you know, created a whole 
another level of inception. <laughs> but uh, there you go. Now, perhaps to further illustrate that point, I'm about to talk about something that Colin Spike Pitt Green spoke about in a recent episode, but frustratingly, I can't remember exactly which episode it was because he's been a little prolific of late. I'm not sure if it was the last episode or the one before that, but he was talking about the black hack and how seemingly rich it is considering it's such a rules-like system. And again, I'm going to potentially confuse the uninitiated even further by referring to Dave Aldridge's Deeper Centile podcast, where he referred to those of us playing the Black Hack. He's running kind of a West Marches style game. Each session is self-contained. You either return to where you started or you begin from a new point you've discovered. But hopefully you've achieved what you set out to do in that particular session. You know, players can join, players can skip sessions. So essentially you can, you've got a revolving roster of players and characters. Many players having several characters they can choose between to take out for a spin essentially so kind of digression upon digression there which is uh, <laughs> another problem uh, but yeah as as you can see I've uh, lost myself a little bit uh, yeah so Dave referred to the players campaigning it up essentially creating richer backgrounds for their characters as as the game went on creating this sort of overarching continuity beyond this self-contained episodic nature of play this is all down to the very simple well they're not even subsystems in the black hack essentially they're just stuff that's not has no impact on the mechanics of the game how the games run just simple little prompts for filling out the experience i suppose a good example is when you level up you carouse and you have to regale the party with tales of either you know that previous session or inform them about your background in some way, you know, just adding these sort of character building layers as you advance. And it's just a very neat, simple way of creating a complex, rich game. You know, that emergent complexity we're just using some very simple principles that aren't really sort of evident when you read through the rules. I mean, you come across these things and you go, oh, that's interesting. That's a nice little twist. But as you play on, these things have an accumulative 
effect. And before you know it, you're in this very rich world surrounded by rich and complex characters. And it's just very, very nicely done. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your call-ins. If you want to leave a message, click the anchor link in the description or email me at spencer.freefrawl at gmail.com. Also in that description, you'll see the link for the Patreon of Maestro TJ Dredden. Remember, if things get dicey, just roll with it. <laughs>